0: Blake, I may have just a little bit too much mic. I'm not sure. Feels like I'm a little loud right here. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 16. We're going to read several verses here. We've been going through the prophets. We're in the book of Ezekiel right now. I would tell you, thank you for allowing us to have a nice vacation this past week. We had a great time. I came back and got sick. I'm recovering right now. You may be able to hear that. That's okay. That's okay. But we enjoyed ourselves. And then we, uh, just off the heels of that Thursday night service we left, and then we came back and had another Thursday night PBS service. Our kids are having church. I don't know if you knew that or not. They're they're having church in here. And it's not just fun and games. We have a little bit of that, but then the Holy Ghost moves. And uh, I want to follow their example this morning. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 16. It says this, and it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman. Everybody say a watchman. watchman. I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because thou hast not given him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness which he hath done shall not be remembered, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man that the righteous sin not, and he doth not sin, he shall surely live because he is warned also thou hast delivered thy soul and you notice uh, there's a back and forth in these verses between I want you to minister these people and warn them concerns their soul but then he turns it back to your soul several of those verses I'm talking to you this morning about the gift of a pastor you can see that in your bulletin now I've hit on this several times before in our teaching we have hit five-fold ministry. We did a whole series on that back several months ago And we talked about the office of a pastor, but I'm going to uh, go a little bit deeper into that this morning Now to somebody in this room It may seem awkward that I'm teaching on the gift of a pastor though the pastor's sitting in the room Let's not let that be awkward. Okay? Because whatever that I say in the next few moments is, I'm going to say it regardless of if he's here or not, because it's in the Word of God. Can I have an amen? Amen. That's what we're operating off of today, is the Word of God. There is, I guess, what you'd call a, a, a well known pastor by the name of Stephen Furtick. And he was listening to a program one day, and his ears perked up because someone was interviewing a renowned theologian and the interviewer asked, what comes to your mind when you hear the name Stephen Furtick? And his response was simple, but it was a bit devastating to his ears. He said one word, unqualified. He's unqualified. And at that moment, Pastor Furtick could have allowed that to destroy him, And pull him apart at the seams that somebody perhaps who has a lot more knowledge of the Bible than he does has just claimed and decreed that he is unqualified or he could have done what he actually ended up doing and basically turned to that notion that he's unqualified and said you really don't know the half of it. Yes, I'm unqualified but that's because God uses unqualified people that maybe don't have really a whole lot of value in this earth. And he calls them and he places the tools in their hands to do the work that he wants them to do. And so he ended up writing a book called Unqualified. You may have seen that in in a Christian bookstore before. And The book stated, I think we all secretly fight feelings of inadequacy, insufficiency, and incompetence. We wonder whether we really measure up. And he adds that his shortcomings and all the things that might disqualify him, God uses him nonetheless. God doesn't want to find somebody who has everything that is needed without him to run a church Or run his church. What he wants is to empower somebody. Who may not have everything. But they're going to use the power of God to get it done. That's the plan of God today. And so maybe you feel unqualified. Like you don't have enough to do what you're doing. Or maybe you don't feel like you're at the point you need to be at. In God to be used with him. let me assure you today. He's looking for anybody who's willing. That will be used by the power of God. And so it takes the pressure off. When we don't need to be that cutting-edge saint or that next-level preacher or something like that and have this edge about us above everybody else that it's insecurity is what it is. Insecurity is a problem in the church today. And we need to get rid of that. If you see somebody around you in the church, no matter if they're a preacher, pastor, whoever they are, and it seems like they're further along than you are, In their worship, their knowledge of the Bible, whatever it is, let that encourage you. Don't let that beat you down. Let it lift you up to want to be even better and to get alongside them and work with them. Because God calls the unqualified and then he qualifies those that he has called. Amen. And we're talking about pastors today. This is somebody who... let, let Let me make this very clear, okay? People have a wrong view of this. Let me say this at the outset. Pastors are not chosen because they're perfect people. Okay? God doesn't look through the saints that he's got in his church and he picks out the perfect ones and says, well, there's the pastors. That's not what he does. He it's his own method. I can't tell you why God chooses a specific person to be a pastor, but he does it. It's not because they're perfect. They're human beings like anybody else in this room in this world. And just like Jesus suffered temptations, he suffered the struggles of this world. Guess what? A pastor does too. And so they're not a perfect being, but God helps him to lead us. Amen. Modern Sailing vessels have GPS navigation, just like everybody else in this world. I don't know just about anybody anymore who doesn't, if they need to get somewhere, use their GPS. I can tell you this. In New Orleans this past week, we didn't have a GPS. Heaven help us. Okay? We went on a tour, a tour in a horse-drawn buggy thing, and the guy who was giving us the tour even said to us, this is a lawless society they don't follow laws and I said well okay. You know, I, I, I mean I kind of figured that New Orleans you know it's kind of picture you get but when you drive in New Orleans you find out very quick. Places where there should be stoplights they don't have stoplights and everybody just runs and pray that you got insurance and it's a lawless society you know and so you got a GPS that thank God it's taking us where we go well Ships today, every one of them, the big ships have GPS navigation, sonar equipment to determine depth of the water, right? What's ahead? Where they need what route they need to take, and it's easy to become dependent upon automated directions from a GPS. Now, more recent events have illustrated the need for a continued vigilance of those who are responsible for watching these ships. In 2017, there were two separate incidents involving Navy ships in the Asian seas that resulted in 17 sailors losing their lives. The first was off the coast of Japan where the USS Fitzgerald, a guided missile destroyer, was struck by a container ship resulting in the deaths of seven U.S. sailors. The second fatal incident, another Navy guided missile destroyer, the John S. McCain, Also suffered damage when it collided with an oil tanker as it navigated through the waters of Singapore and 10 sailors were lost in that incident. The question is, who was watching out? Who was looking out for all this? Where was the watchman to look out and see? Oh, there's an oil tanker there. Might want to hang a right. Who was there watching all that? Or was it just all sonar navigation? We went on an excursion on our vacation to Ship Island. And to do that, you gotta take this ferry that goes way out, it takes about an hour to get there from the coast of Mississippi. And um, you're on this boat, you know, and you're going out. And we had been a couple times, and so I guess there was a challenge that come up. We we're all in the front of this boat, this big ferry. And we we're all trying to pick out where Ship Island was in the distance, right? And uh, they sail in you know, this certain direction, so we know it's gotta be before us, in front of us here somewhere. So we're looking out, and there's these different pieces of land. Which one is Ship Island, you know? And so everybody, each one of us kind of pick out which one we think it is, and I found the one, and I was certain that's it. I know it's not this one over here, this one's too long, I just went at it, guys, that's it. There's no way. It's the shape of it, the look of it from that far away, it's got to be it. And if I would have went up to the top of that boat where they had the steering and everything, and I told them, set sail for that object right there, we would have sailed straight into the big old barge because that's what I was seeing. And there was a very experienced uh, crew member that was there with us. I'd seen him several times we've been, and he pointed it out. He said, "No, that's that's not Ship Island. It's a barge. Actually, it's probably behind that." And Kirsten the whole time was telling me, "No, that's not it. Maybe I just need to listen to my wife." Man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Amen. So many in here. I just helped you. Hallelujah. See, I he was a hook. You thought I was preaching on pastors, but I'm giving you wise, too. <clears throat> and so that was the wrong thing. I thought that's exactly where it was at, but thank God that there's somebody who knows, who can see ahead, who can be a watchman and say, I know the way, and that's not it. Right. Right. I'm going by God's way. And I'm telling you, that's not the way. It's hard to imagine how some modern ships would crash into an oil tanker. Doesn't make sense with all the technology that we've got. But in addition to all of the advanced radar and equipment, sailors are stationed at various positions to keep watch, especially during the night, as shipping lanes get very crowded as they're going into docks. And these tragic incidents sparked investigations in the Navy uh, why is this happening? Who was accountable for this ship? Who's watching it, I mean, what were they doing? You know, were they uh, having a family reunion at the bottom of the boat while well, We're trying to get somewhere and then you crash into something because they're not watching. What's the deal? And so they investigate and It was reported that the sailors on watch lost Situational awareness in other words, we may assume they were not watching at the time they weren't paying attention. And by the time they became aware of the situation and were alerted, they alerted the bridge of impending danger. It was too late to avoid the collision. You're going too fast in one direction and it was too late. When a watchman, hear me today, fails in his responsibility, the consequences are dire. Somebody has got to be alert. Somebody's got to be watching and How much more crucial is the watchman of the soul considering its importance and the eternal consequences? You lose a ship, you can build another one. But you lose your soul, you're not getting it back. Thank God for a watchman that God has given his church. The pastor is that watchman. Amen. Our text reveals the call of God to the prophet Ezekiel to be a watchman for the house of Israel. I want you to be a watchman. God chooses him to be aware of the spiritual condition of the people while they endured exile in Babylon. Now, th- there's two things that that really, to me in all this, say a lot about the watchman. He was to alert. Everybody say Alert alert them to the dangers of disobedience and to sound the alarm, everybody say alarm Alarm. to those who were insensitive to the warnings of scripture he's got to alert them and he's got to sound the alarm amen everybody needs a living breathing watchman I'm going to say that again everybody needs a pastor Amen. every saint in the church needs a pastor every minister needs a pastor every pastor needs a pastor every, pastor a pastor. every person outside these doors may not even know it they need a pastor. There's nobody that gets out of that. That's a blanket thing. It's, it's the government that God has set up in this earth until we're called up to be with him. Everybody needs a pastor. We can become complacent and rely solely upon our own ability, our own Structure of living for God, and you need that. You need to be able to, in your own home, get in the Word of God and pray. You also need a pastor. Amen. It's a structure of God. YouTube sermons and a diet of favorite church podcasts and radio stations can never replace the dynamic of having a pastor. Somebody else say, Amen. 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 There's no devotional. That you can buy at the store that's going to have enough to be able to get you out of having a pastor. Somebody say amen. amen. Can't replace it. While there's electronic devices that can enhance your study, we still need a watchman. There's got to be a watchman, somebody who is alert to the changing culture in our world, the changing things are happy conditions, and they're aware to spiritual Deception, to alert, to sound the alarm. That's what pastor's doing when he's up here preaching and he's preaching hard on something and you feel kind of a prick in your heart on that, he's alerting you. He's sounding the alarm. And it sounds to me if there's a prick there, if there's something you feel maybe a little uncomfortable, it's probably he's probably doing a good job of sounding the alarm. Whatever's inside of you is agreeing with that. And it may feel uncomfortable. That's because you need to make a change. Amen. And God has placed that order in our lives. Praise the Lord. It's an alert. It's a warning. We all need watchmen whom we can submit to. And we can be accountable to. Everybody. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17. Hear this today. Please hear this verse. This is important. Obey those who have rule over you. And be submissive. But why? Now some people take issue with that. Why do I need to be submissive to anybody? Why do I need to have obedience to anybody? Well, just hang on. For they watch out for your souls. That's a big thing. They watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Amen. So we got to obey those who have rule over us. Got to be submissive. Hear me. We have a responsibility to our watchmen. It's our duty to seek the guidance of our spiritual authority, the pastor God has placed in our life. Now, you can come to church and You can allow messages to go over this pulpit and do everything you feel you need to do. But you need, this is my strong suggestion, okay? You need to have a good relationship with a pastor. Because really, really there's not a whole lot of difference in coming here and hearing the message. And leave it as there is going and listen to that YouTube sermon or that podcast, unless you're actively having a relationship with your pastor, and you're actively being changed in this altar. You need that relationship with your pastor, and you need to be open to whatever it is that he has to tell you. I can have another amen there, somebody. Blessing and safety are the results of living under that authority of spiritual leadership. We pray in our uh, Tabernacle prayer about authorities that God set up in his church. One of those is the pastor. Amen. And so um, you want to hear the blessing of the fivefold ministry today. You want to hear the blessing of fivefold ministry? Here it is. Everybody gets a pastor. Now I want you to notice how I phrased that. I didn't say everybody has to have a pastor. Everybody gets a pastor. It's not a painstaking thing. This is a good thing. Everybody, everybody, the evangelist gets a pastor. The regular saint gets a pastor. The Sunday school teacher gets a pastor. Everybody gets a pastor. That's the blessing of fivefold ministry. God set it up this way. And so God begins to speak directly to this watchman that he is called and Ezekiel. He's a prophet and God has called him to now be a watchman. He's a watchman and he had no choice when the Babylonian forces removed him from his homeland and everything that was familiar. And in the siege and the attack that was against Jerusalem, Nebuchadnezzar controlled the city. He set up his own king. And took King Jehoiakim as a captive into Babylon, as well as 10,000 additional subjects from Judah. In the middle of all this was Ezekiel, and he labored to survive in this strange land that he was now in. And God began to speak to him through visions. He saw images of apocalyptic intent wind, fire, and strange beasts, not unlike those seen by John in Revelation. After the first vision, the Lord caused Ezekiel to stand up and he spoke to him and said, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. And God began to speak to him and tell him the message that needed to be conveyed to his people. He was warned that the people had become... Rebellious, And he was instructed to deliver God's message regardless of how they looked, how they responded, what they thought about it. Just give them the message. Even if nobody responded, they would all know. Ezekiel chapter 2 and verse 5 it said that there had been a prophet among them. If nothing else, they've got to know they're getting a word from them. There's somebody who's watching. There's a watchman. And when God called the prophet Ezekiel to be that watchman in Israel. He became the one God spoke to, listen to this, concerning the condition of the nation. God spoke to him a word for the day, a word for the time. And that's what the watchman delivered. Now, let me ask you this. How many times can you say that you have heard pastor preach a message? That was on point concerning the state of the church. I mean, it was right on time. That's because God speaks to the watchman concerning the state of his church. It's different than how God speaks to an evangelist sometimes, it's different than any other office. Because God speaks to him specifically about people in the church. How about this? There's sometimes that you think that what you're dealing with nobody else knows about it, but it's quite possible that God has revealed it to the pastor, and he's not waiting told anybody. But he's praying about it, and he's praying for you because he's a watcher. He's a watchman, and God has shown him ahead. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. I need you to pray. Amen. And so it was Ezekiel who lying on one side for 390 days and on the other for 40 days, Ezekiel depicted the years of Israel's judgment and the exile of the people to Judah. While most rejected the message of Ezekiel, they could not forget the dramatic signs that the watchman gave by the hand of God every time. (laughs) What I want you to know and notice from Ezekiel's job as a watchman is that God spoke directly to him. God spoke to him concerning the state of his church. The watchman is to warn the people. The responsibility of the watchman is often to deliver a message warning those who are unprepared for future judgment. He's got to make sure that you're ready when the day comes. Or at least try his best. Do what he can. At the end of the day, every person has free will. You've got to make a decision for yourself. But the watchman delivers a warning. Delivers the warning. Knowing what is to come, he warns the people. Amen. As an aging man, Paul expressed his deep love for those that he called sons. Yet he warned them with strong words of correction. Of his concern for them, he said, "I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you." Now you see how he did that. He said, "You're my sons whom I love, and I love you, and I warn you." That's a pastor tactic right with love, a warning. You feel that prick in your heart with some preaching comes across the pulpit that affects you. Maybe you feel a little bit different than you did last Sunday. It's out of love because it's a warning for your soul. That's what it is. And we thank God for that. Now, what does a watchman do? First thing, a watchman hears from God. Their message is not picked from uh, a sermon book or chosen from an online resource or something like that. Uh, The watchmen have been in communication with God. In this church, let, let me say this, we don't put together cute messages that are designed to tick somebody's ear. I don't, <clears throat> when I prepare for a message, and I'm talking about the pastor here, but when I prepare for a message, I don't get up to the beginning of the week and say, huh, I wonder what is going to make these people skip to the loo out of the front door of the church when I get done. That's not what I'm required to do. I would love to do that. But what I am required to do is search for a word from God. And isn't it great, isn't it great that you can at least have some confidence that you can come to church and somebody has searched for a word from God for you for today? Doesn't that sound good? I mean, not just something that's, that maybe might benefit him, it might not, but really a searching in prayer for what needs to be said from God. A watchman. This is a watchman. He hears from the Lord. Amen. And so that's, that's the, one of the jobs of the watchman. Watchmen see what others may not see. Now, this is important. The watchmen have a vantage point that others do not possess Through God's eyes, watchmen are alerted to the dangers beyond the horizon where people can't see. You know, uh, ships sometimes have these crows' nests up in the very top of them. The very, very top. People at the bottom of the boat are looking out. And maybe like me, they're seeing something that looks like an island. But somebody that's up in the crow's nest that has a different vantage point that can see. Above can see, no, bud, that's a barge. That's like the pastor. You see from this angle, pastor seeing from a different angle. God's given him a lens to look through that we don't always have. And that's not to be jealous. oh, well, thank God for it. that there's another angle that somebody can speak from into our lives. And so this is what happens sometimes. Well, why don't the pastor do something about that? Well, you are looking at it from a two-dimensional angle, okay? And so, if you want the swift action that maybe the pastor could do in that moment, okay, he could do that. But maybe there's ten other things behind that that you're not seeing that would be affected by that. Well, hallelujah. We don't see everything. We don't know everything that's going on or every spiritual effect that it may have by one action that we think just ought to be done. We have a different vantage point and they see what others may not see. God warns the watchmen to prepare people so they can stand against the spirits of our age. Watchmen are alert to the dangers ahead and are responsible to warn others. Amen. Thank the Lord for somebody who will not just hear from God Himself, but they'll have the guts to speak it to me like they heard it. That's what I want. My my view of it is, Pastor, if God speaks it to you, don't hold back. Give it to me like God gave it to you. I want the full effect of it. Why should He have to water it down for me? Amen. I want the whole word. Yes. Amen. If you're going to hear it, tell me the whole word. Amen. There comes a point in relationship with God where no longer can it be that we're fed candy. There comes a point where we need the meat of the word. Whatever it is that God delivers, we need to be open to it. And thank God for somebody who will deliver it. Amen. As God instructed Ezekiel, so he speaks to today's watchman. And he says, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. Amen. The seriousness of this job. I I can't really stress that to you enough. The seriousness of the job of a pastor delivering the warnings of God cannot be overstated. It's a serious thing. You would be in dire danger, I would think, if God delivers you a strong message of warning to give to the people and you refuse to do it. That's that's dangerous territory. And so it's a heavy job that the pastor carries. A watchman is duty-bound to deliver that message as it was received. You know, it, it's a serious thing. It's really a serious thing. Some people, they get worked up over like uh, friction between nations and Possible nuclear arms races and things like that they get, you know, all worried up about it. can I tell you today that None of that can have the effect That the help of the pastor the office of a pastor that a prayer life That an altar none of that stuff Nuclear or anything like that has the effect that those things can have a pastor Just a message, a strong word from God from the pastor can change the atmosphere, can change things. Prayer can change things. These are the things that we need to value more than anything else. Thank God for a watchman. Noah is somebody who strikes me today. Now this is not in my notes, but I feel this kind of strong. Noah, the Bible never calls him a pastor, right? But I find it interesting God gives Noah specific instructions to build an ark. This is how I want it done. Don't don't go a different way. This is exactly how big it's going to be. This is exactly how you're going to build it. He gives instruction. He gives a word to Noah. And Noah is instructed to warn In a way, he's kind of a watchman, and he begins warning people. And he's building this boat. Uh, Bible says out of gopher wood, and he put pitch, covered that gopher wood, covered it. I've got something that's kind of interesting for you to ponder today. Just think about this: the ark was not the only boat. Of the day most likely. But it was the only boat that made it. There were fish. There was water. There was likely some form of a boat. That somebody had hidden out behind their house. But that thing didn't make it. Because it was not made by the instruction of God. And so God gives instruction to the pastor, and he says, this is the boat that's going to make it. Tell the people that. And so he begins to preach like a pastor. This is how you've got to do it, if I may. This is how you've got to live. This is what you've got to take out of your life. This is what you've got to add to your life. It can only be this way. This is the way that God gave it to me. It's not because it's the way I like. This is the word that God delivered to me. Maybe sometimes it was strong. But it's the way God gave it. And I have no doubt that as Noah began to work on this ark, maybe at some point somebody came along, and the Bible doesn't say it, but maybe somebody actually started helping him and picked up a hammer and started working on all that. But I know this, none of them made it because the only people who went on that ark was Noah's family. And so at some point, somebody put down the hammer and left because all that they were looking at was the gopher wood and the hammer and whatever else he was using. But they didn't have a vision for the ark, a vision for the church. Because they didn't catch on to the vision of the watchman of the church. They were not saved. They were left behind. This ship made it because it was designed God's way. Can I tell you today that we've got a pastor that God has given a blueprint to build this thing? Been given a word. This is the blueprint, folks, that God's given a pastor to build his church. And it's very specific. He can't go outside of this. This is the way it's got to be. And he's building that. And I'll tell you what I've got to do is catch on to the vision of the pastor. Oh, man. I get that. If I want to make it. You cannot, hear me right now, you cannot have your own little rowboat out in the waters. It's not going to make it. No other boat made it. You can't have a kayak out here that's working. All these years for you, it seems like, no, 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 you've got to have the instruction of a pastor who has a word from God for you for the boat that you're going to make it out of here with your family on. Anybody hearing me this morning? God's given a pastor instruction. Amen. And we've got to get behind it and work on that the best we can and get with that blueprint on the ship and we will make it. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15, and I will give you pastors according to to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and with understanding. Amen. With all the fivefold ministry, everything that comes with it, God has given us pastors, and they stand different from every other office. Pastors are often seen as those who are closest to the believers, closest to the saints, and therefore they've got to provide accountability. For the followers why do you need a pastor let me sum it up like this because you need accountability you need accountability why try to go it on your own it wasn't the design of God have accountability pastors are the shepherds Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 and he gave some apostles and some prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers Those are five offices that God has given his church now Pastors and teachers are sometimes a lot the same every pastor Has to be a teacher Not every teacher has to be a pastor. We've got teachers that teach Sunday school classes Lots of people teach you can teach but a pastor has to be able to teach He has to grow grow people and bring them in their relationship with God He's a watchman. We are all laboring in the harvest of the pastor and in the church that he is leading. The pastor keeps an eye for harvest killers that are out there. There's some things that you'll never see that come into the church. You'll never have to because the pastor goes and deals with it and he said it before anybody else did. And thank God for that. I feel this morning like this this is a, a time of thanks that we need to have. For the office that God has given to the pastor. Yes, There's people in this world that are resistant against it. Because they don't want to have, have anybody's got authority over them. But thank God for somebody who can see what I don't see. Amen. And watch out for my soul. Amen. amen. A man in the crow's nest. Amen. He watches for our souls. They're obligated to warn against the wolves in sheep's clothing that seek to destroy the flock. We talked about spiritual discernment here as one of the spiritual gifts that are listed in the Bible. Pastor has discernment of the things that you don't see that enter this church and even enter your life. You don't see nothing wrong with what he's talking about, what he's preaching on. Maybe you don't see the spirit that's behind that. That's really what he's preaching on. Amen. The second question Jesus asked after he was talking about, for what is a man profitable? He shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. He asked, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? God values souls, He valued your soul so much. That he gave you a pastor. That was his design. He gave a pastor to watch and to help grow and teach his church. And people view this so wrong. You can have a church full of 5,000 people. And you can have all that, and to be frank, you can have that large of a church and every one of them not make it and go to hell because there were more focus placed on number growth than people growth. That's what a pastor has to do. He's looking out for your growth. And you know what? Let me me mess with your theology just a little bit. He never said, let's swell the church. He said, let's make disciples. Go ye and make disciples. We're not called to swell. We're called to make disciples. And he will add to his church in number daily. That's what the scripture said after that. God will add to his church. We just need to focus on growing ourselves. We can reach out to people, and God will help us. But we've got to make sure we're growing on our own. I want to grow. Does anybody in this room want to grow? Yes. Well, you're lucky today because God given you a watch. pastor. Would you stand with me this morning? Everybody, everybody needs a pastor. I thank God today that I've been given a pastor. I stood in the back of the tabernacle at Camp Meeting and I was getting ready to go up and preach and I had guys coming up to me that I knew saying they was praying for me and everything, but can I tell you this? I thanked them for every bit of that, but none of it matched up or mattered as much as the covering of prayer of my pastor. You got that too. I worry a lot less because I'm under the government of God and I've got the covering of a pastor who's praying for me. And he's got my best end in mind. Just like God. I've got a future for you. That's hope. He's given a vision of that to the pastor. There's things that you're going to do that are in the future. Maybe you don't feel like you could do it right now, but you're going to, and the pastor knows it. He sees ahead. He sees what God's designed your ministry for. And he's trying to grow you in that. You've got the covering of a pastor. We need spiritual authority in our lives. Now, I, I witnessed a great example over the last couple of days of somebody who has great spiritual authority over a lot of people, and I watched the result of it. You know what happened? The Holy Ghost was moving in the dome in St. Louis. 30, some 38,000 people, apostolic people filled this place. St. Louis Post-Dispatch and Fox News are it. Mostly young people. All apostolics from all over, not just North America, but really all over the world. And I can't remember which night it was, but it was the night that Jack Cunningham was scheduled to preach that night the Holy Ghost is moving strong Jack Cunningham a man who has spiritual authority he's a bishop a pastor the pastors a pastor to many many people got up on the platform as the Holy Ghost is moving and he began to speak in authority and it wasn't just him speaking in authority but the people that were in the crowd that submitted to that authority Of the pastor. He began to fill a role right there. And when he did, I I, I could probably feel comfortable saying one of the strongest moves of the Holy Ghost the apostolic movement has ever seen took place. People were healed. I've seen pictures, maybe we could show some of the wheelchairs that were empty. Security guards that didn't know nothing about God, the church, for all we knew, shouting up and down the aisles. It's your kind of glory of the Holy Ghost, still in that house. And I'm not telling you that this is the only thing that did it, but I can tell you this. It never would have happened, I don't think, if there weren't a bunch of people that weren't submitting to a spiritual authority it wasn't a thing about a name don't get me wrong wasn't a thing about popularity it was all the order of god i want to be in the order of god and i want to see a mighty outbreaking of the spirit in my life in my family in my church I can tell you a great place to start in all that is submitting to the authority that God has placed in our lives. Now, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. I think it'd be good if we lifted our hands in this room. Amen. Amen. Come on, you all to thank God right now for the pastor, the watchman that's been placed in our lives. I know this isn't the kind of message that gets somebody to swing it from a chandelier. That's okay. That's absolutely fine. It's in the order of God. Amen. We ought to submit to the authority that's placed in our lives and our soul. Amen. If somebody acts in spiritual authority in this church, amen, and I am under that, I will submit to that and I will act in the Spirit of God. I will get in the current of the Holy Ghost that's taking place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. When he preaches it, I'll get behind it. If he sets the standard, I'll get behind it. Because it's a word from God. And he speaks on the condition of his church. God is helping somebody this morning. God is helping somebody this morning. Progress in your relationship with Him. Amen. I tell you what, let's do. We're gonna have worship. We're gonna have preaching. Amen. Whatever it is we're gonna do this morning. But let's not just let this moment pass by where the Holy Ghost has moved in. Why don't we take a moment right now and thank God for the office of the pastor? Come on, just thank God for it right now. Thank you, Lord, for your structure. Thank You, God, for not leaving us in the dark on what the order ought be. Thank You for giving me a watchman, somebody who sees what I don't.